0: Welcome to another edition of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L, Kevin Jank.
1: With their tanks and their bombs and <laughs> their bombs and their guns. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah.
0: That's uh one of Jank's favorite ladies ever who sang that song, Zombie. That's right.
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> My beloved Dolores weird, Yeah. But uh yeah, so today we will be
0: for Shocktober we're reading Tales of the Zombie, issue five from nineteen seventy four, and this is a black and white uh horror anthology from mm-hmm. uh well it's Marvel, but you know, it's like Curtis magazine or whatever and uh all kinds yes. of stuff. magazine format, I think, right? Yeah. And the reason why it was a magazine format is because they didn't have to adhere to the comic book code or the comics code. Uh, or yep. whatever. So that means they could show partial nudity, <laughs> hey. have some profanity mixed in there, and graphic
1: violence. So yeah, I mean, weren't the they zombie. technically not even able to use the word zombie in to like, yeah during the Code era? <laughs> like that, that was is
0: somehow. Yeah, yeah, they could not even refer to zombies. What did they have to refer to them as? Because remember, Brother Voodoo. Yes. He did a storyline where there were zombies coming up. They couldn't call them zombies. Like, uh, I think it was like with an L or something. Uh, oh,
1: lombies or something like that? <laughs> no, no, no. zombies, <laughs> <Not> but... <laughs> but they couldn't call them zombies. They had to... Call yeah. Them. It was like when they had the Magia instead of the Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. But, hey, before we get into the actual book, let's remind everybody, if you're uh, listening to us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We're up to 110 subscribers, Jank. We rallied. We, uh, hey, all right. Yeah, we're moving forward. And hey, I just discovered this. I think we only need to get 500 subscribers before we can monetize. Oh shit! Yeah, so that Man, cuts it in half.
1: firing distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that cuts ten years off. Yep. So uh yeah, we just need People you know covered every single Bronze Age book by then. 390
0: <laughs> more to go, and we're there. So, come on, flea <laughs> army, let's rally! But uh, thanks for everyone who's supporting us. We appreciate it. And mm-hmm. all right, so uh Tales of the Zombie, last week we talked about this. You never read any of these,
1: obviously, right? Nope, never did. Yeah. i, I never seen pictures of this guy. Yes. i never read any stories with him in it, but.
0: Yeah, when I was growing up, you would see this guy. Uh, the, the character's name is Simon Garth, and he he just looks like a zombie. And uh, you would see this fella, but I never really read any books with him. Like you'd see him in
1: advertisements and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. know I had this big, so, like, official – not the official handbook, but this big Marvel Universe book, like a hardcover book that I got sometime in the 90s. And there's definitely an entry on him in there, I remember.
0: Yeah, so Tales of the Zombie, it was published quarterly. And it ran for 10 issues and one super annual between 1973 Ooh. and 1975. It was published under the label Marvel Monster Group, alongside the similar magazine formats Dracula Lives, Monsters Unleashed, and Vampire Tales. But this uh, zombie character, Simon Garth, he originally appeared in Atlas Comics' Menace, Issue 5, in 1953, by Stan Lee and Bill Everett. But Roy Thomas, again, it's Roy Thomas doing everything, he remembered the (laughs) character... And he brought it back and reworked it with Steve Gerber, so he'd be the main character in this magazine. And Steve Gerber and Roy Thomas wrote the first issue together, and then Steve Gerber wrote the uh, remaining issues of the uh, series there. And mm-hmm. John B. Seema and Tom Palmer did the art on issue one, but then uh, Pablo Marcos did the art for the remaining issues. And that's the mm-hmm. creative team here today, Steve Gerber and Pablo Marcos. I don't know much about Pablo Marcos, but I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, we'll talk about it here in a minute here. And uh, the zombie character appeared in only the first nine issues. Brother Voodoo <laughs> anchored issue 10. Oh. And the super annual was all reprinted materials from the previous issues. After the uh, Tales of the Zombie ended, Simon Garth next appeared in Bizarre Adventures issue 33 in 1982. He didn't show up again until Daredevil annual 9, 1993. Oh. And he's... Made a handful of other appearances since then, including in like a, a Spider-Man annual or something. So,
1: oh yeah, I think I have that one too. But I also didn't read that one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you have it, but just didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna worry about it. All right, so this uh, Simon Garth character—he was born in Alabama, and he was a work-obsessed executive for Garth Manor mm-hmm. Coffee in New Orleans, yeah. Louisiana. They cover that extensively in this yeah. here issue. It's an unusual backstory, uh, but he was uh, kind of a jerk. He was like, like real work obsessed, you know. So his marriage fell apart, and he divorced his wife, I guess. But they had a, a daughter, a twenty-three-year-old, uh, very attractively a blonde daughter that comes into play later. Uh-huh. So uh, he lived with the daughter in his little mansion there, but he's very, very protective of her. All right, very protective. Uh-huh. He like didn't even like her hanging out with uh, hippie friends. Who <laughs> would? I don't want you hanging out with your And even though she's twenty three, you know she's living under his roof. I guess <laughs> so she adheres to what he <laughs> says. But uh, yeah, because I went back and ready she wanted to get all this backstory. So it's a little some interesting stuff coming here. So uh, this, this Simon Garth, he was kind of a jerk. He had this gardener guy named Gyps Now I don't know if that's his real name or if it's kind of a uh, a slur. <laughs> He's a gypsy. He calls him. Gypsy. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, Simon Garth oh, yeah. is kind of mean to him. And uh, he said, you better have those uh, shrubs pruned properly before I get home or you're fired. You know, one of them deals. And mm-hmm. so while Simon Garth is at work and, and by the way, while he's at work, he's a jerk there, too. You
1: know,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, you're work obsessed. Yeah, you got to be They're having this board meeting and this guy stands up. and He's like, hey, the numbers aren't are looking good here, you fella. We've got to do something about this. And, and he's showing him these reports. Simon Garth just grabs him by the face and, like, throws him down. <laughs> <It's> like, what?
1: <laughs> you can't
0: do that in a business meeting. You know? <laughs> That's not how things work. <laughs> it's civilized hey, It was society. the 70s. You could do that kind of thing. But, yeah, uh, this Simon Garth, he's a real creep. But someone at the company really likes him. Uh, I think it's his personal secretary. Uh, Le- uh was Layla, I believe, is her name. Yeah, Layla. Okay. So, so remember her. She comes into play here in a second. But all right, now cutting back to, uh, his home life there. Well, he's at work. His, uh, foxy daughter, she decides she's going to skinny dip in the pool. Yeah. You
1: know? Uh-oh. Now all so that she, garden is there, I hope.
0: <laughs> there you go. So she gets <laughs> up on the, uh, the diving board there, all naked and, and everything. Of course, they can show partial nudity. So, uh, her hair is discreetly covering her nipples, but she dives off into the swimming pool. And she's swimming. Then uh, she comes out of the pool all naked and whatnot, but, and she covers up with a towel. And she's going to go in the house, and there you know, There's Gyps, the gardener. He's watching her the whole time. And he's oh. like, hey, little lady, thanks for putting on a show there for me, you know? And she's like, what? You were watching the whole time? And he's like, ah, you know what you were doing, you know? <laughs> you knew I was watching. You were doing that just for old Gyps. So why don't you come here, baby? You know, and he's trying to, you know, get rough with her. And that's right when Simon Garth comes home and he punches Gyps in the face and he says, boom, get out of here, Gyps, you're fired. And then he yells at his daughter for being a dirty whore, you know, <laughs> get in the house, you 23 year old woman. I'm not going to deal with this. So she goes in the house all mad and, uh, and Gyps, you know, he's all, uh, he's all mad too now. He just got fired. So what uh, Gyps I mean, it sounds like he had to come in. He was getting all yeah.
1: handsy. <laughs> so.
0: He did have it coming, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jip's, uh, he's hiding in uh, in wait for Simon Garth. So uh, later that evening, Simon Garth comes out in a little tuxedo. He's getting ready to go to a d- fancy dinner party, you know, like one of them one percenters do. Uh, but uh, to Garth's credit, he drives himself. You know, so that's
1: nice. Oh, okay. does us have a chauffeur. Gips is also his butler or chauffeur.
0: <laughs> Possibly. So when he walks out of the house there, Jips comes up from behind him and cracks him over the head like a whiskey bottle. Knocks him unconscious. So then Jips okay. takes him. And uh, this Gyps, he likes to hang out with the voodoo cult.
1: That's what Gyps likes uh, to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see more of them this issue. He, he likes the voodoo's.
0: So he takes Simon Garth to the voodoo cult. And he says, hey, you know what? You've been looking for a human sacrifice. Here he is. So they tie up uh, Simon Garth and they're going to sacrifice him in one of their voodoo rituals. But the the priestess of this voodoo cult is none other than Layla, Simon Garth's secretary. Oh, no. She's a, she's a voodoo priestess <laughs> for some reason. Now, even though. Very small Simon, town,
1: New Orleans, apparently.
0: Even though Simon Garth has been depicted as a complete jerk, you know, to be around. Layla's in love with him for some reason. <laughs> you know, he's like 50, she's like, in, you know, her 20s or whatever, but she's in love with him. So she re- doesn't sacrifice him. Right when she's a she recognizes him. She says, "Oh, no." So instead of stabbing him in the chest, she cuts his ropes and tells him, "Get out of here. Run, run, run." So he goes running through like the the swamps that are the bayou. But yeah. uh when do you know it, that gypsy catches up to him and stabs him right in the chest. Oh, he <laughs> almost got away with it. And he kills him. Yeah, because (laughs) earlier when he was pruning the shrubs, old, uh, Gyps there, uh, Simon Garth said, you know, you better sharpen those and and trim those shrubs right. So then when he stabs him, he's like, I sure am glad I sharpened my, uh, shears and boom, stabs him. Ooh. Ironic. Yep. So Simon Garth is dead. He died at the hand of Gyps. And Gyps buries him, you know? And then so later that night, they uh, him and the voodoo buddies are sitting around there and they're boozing it up. And, uh, Jip says, you know what? I killed him too easy. He should, he should have <laughs> suffered. I want, I, you know what? Let's go, let's go dig him up. I want to, I want to resurrect him. <laughs> hey, Layla, you're a zoo, voodoo priestess. I want you to turn him into a zombie, raise him up just so I can kill him some more.
1: You know, so, so Layla's like, I, well, I don't, he doesn't understand what being a zombie entails, where <laughs> you can't really kill him, apparently.
0: So Layla's like, I don't know if I should do it, but he, like, makes her do it. So she resurrects uh, Simon Garth as a zombie. And even though he's only been in the ground for, like, an hour or two, when he comes out, he's, like,
1: zombified. He looks Yeah, like a zombie. yeah. yeah. <laughs> he decayed real quick. <laughs> yeah,
0: and he starts fighting them off and stuff, but they have, so they, uh, one of the voodoo guys puts an amulet around his neck. And then they have another special voodoo amulet. So it's like the matching twin of it. And whoever holds that amulet can control Simon Garth. Like he has no will of his own. Whatever that person who has the amulet says, he has to do. So Gyps gets the amulet. And Gyps is bossing him around. This is all in the issue one of Tales of the Zombie, but it's divided up into a couple stories. So you got to like read a few. So uh, then in the second story there, uh, Gyps says, hey, zombie, you know what I want you to do? Go get your daughter. And bring her back here. Oh, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, want, I want to see your daughter again.
0: So the zombie, goes,
1: like this is going.
0: Yeah, so the zombie goes to the house. But even though he's a zombie and he has no will of his own, he sneaks in the house. He sees his daughter and it snaps him out of it. And he's like, no, I can't kidnap my daughter. So he goes back to the, the swamp there. And, and even though uh, Jip, he has the amulet, doesn't matter. The zombie kills him anyway. <laughs> the zombie just kills him. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay, so he's got selective, uh, free will, apparently. <laughs>
0: it seems. But then, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he still does some horrific things in this issue that we're were... Yeah. <laughs> he didn't stop him here, he didn't care that
1: much about this other guy.
0: Yeah, I guess only one of the daughters involved. So now Layla, the priestess, who, you know, still loves him or whatever, her and her father, what's his name, uh, Papa Doc Cable. He's another <laughs> voodoo guy, I guess. All these voodoo guys have Papa in their name.
1: So that means Papa Smurf must have been into some dark shit. Yeah, probably. And, uh, it was Smurfette, <laughs> was his, uh, priestess. Yeah.
0: But, uh, Layla and her father, Papa Doc Cable, they try to help Garth find, uh, a peace, you know, like, uh, a final resting place, I guess is a good way to say it. They want him to know peace. And so they're always trying to bury him. <laughs> but he <Yeah>. keeps resurrecting. <laughs> because his amulet, like, just bounces around, like, through, uh, circumstance and coincidence, like, different people end up with his amulet. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting way to tell a story, I guess, yes. where your uh, character really doesn't have any kind of will or personality of his own anymore. It's just whoever gets this amulet, you know, is going to control the story, and they're really uh, – it's kind of like The Whistler, where it's like The Whistler's around, but he doesn't do anything. He's not part of the story. <laughs> the Whistler is a reference
0: to an old uh, radio show that I got janked to listen to. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, because in those first few issues, I read through a few of them, and, yeah, different people end up with the amulet, and then, like, things happen, so someone else gets it, and uh, the zombie, he's popping up. But, uh, so
1: that's... It's that just like, the, some mundane one. Like, there's an issue where just, like, some shop owner finds it and, like, hires him to, like, you know, clean out the basement or something. and just him sweeping chills. the entire issue. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's an interesting way to tell the story. You know what's a not a good thing is that they made a, uh, this uh, Garth fella a jerk I don't care about, him, you know, like they should have made him a nice guy who ends up like this.
1: Well, I guess if your whole thing is he's not going to ever be free of this, he is dead. He's just going to be an uncaring, unfeeling thing for the forever. Then I guess who cares? Like they don't want you to feel too bad for him. <laughs> but you have to have be an emotional attachment too too for there, him, you know? and Like, oh. Yeah, you don't want to depress the audience, I guess. Yeah, you want your hero <laughs> to
0: be someone you can – you want to be rooting for the zombie. When the zombie comes out, I was like, yeah, guy's a jerk anyway. Who cares what happens to them, you know? I don't know. Seems like a poor decision.
1: Yeah, that kind of decision always seems to rub you the wrong way. Yeah. Peacemaker and all those kind of things where they do some care. weird stuff with the backstory, and they're like, oh, how can I root for this guy? Yeah.
0: So there you go. that's the backstory for old Simon Garth in uh, Tales of the Zombie. What do you think, Jack? That's pretty a uh, harrowing story, right? Oh, yes, yeah, that's, that's
1: some good stuff. Did, uh, yeah. did he ever, you know, evolve any? Did they ever like cure him of his zombiness? No. Nope, did he ever nope. gain kind of free will? Okay. By the end of issue nine, uh,
0: the reason he wasn't in issue ten was because at the end of issue nine, he he found his final resting place and he just peacefully. Believed. Apparently not till uh, yeah. Someone number. brought someone resurrected him. Our <laughs> yeah. adventures, but. Uh... Yeah, but it is a nice, uh, clever idea, I think, with the amulet and everything. So, uh, mm-hmm. because yeah, he chees- he keeps trying to just bury himself, even in this issue. Well, you know what? Let's just get to the issue because it starts out with uh, I think a very similar thing happening at the beginning of this. Yeah. So, all right, let's look at the cover, Jank. Why don't
1: you describe it for us? All right, pretty good cover. Uh, it's very magazine esque. The Curtis C over there in the corner box, and we got. The zombie there kind of holding the, he's squash, or I guess he's reading a Marvel Monster Group magazine. It <laughs> <Just laughs> yeah. kind of like he's squashing it, but no, I think he's actually yeah, reading, he's it. reading it.
0: Yeah,
1: he's just reading it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it says, he lives, he strikes, no grave can hold him, tales of the zombie. <laughs> this is photos and features of the dreaded walking dead. <laughs> and so, the zombie fun it's like yeah, yellow yeah. letters
0: uh, outlined in black and then outlined in red so it's really uh, eye-catching
1: the yeah part. it's really shaky and yeah it's pretty cool I like it now Walking Dead the way they did that kind of looks a lot like the they did on the comic book The Walking Dead <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> which a coincidence, very similar uh, fun <laughs> uh, then we also have a bonus Brother Voodoo lives again so that's yep. good I know you're happy about that I love Brother Voodoo <laughs> And we got a shot here, a very kind of painted shot uh, of like Simon Garth rising out of his grave and uh, grabbing onto some good looking lady's arm. And she's dropping her flashlight and like her boyfriend just kind of taking off. Like, yep, I'm out of here and <laughs> sign up for zombies. You know um, what? I,
0: I don't want to uh, anger Simon Garth even more, but this good looking lady, she looks like one of them dirty hippies. She's got the uh, <laughs> she low ride jeans, bell bottoms, yep. no shoes, no socks. Barefoot in a yep. grave at night. That's weird. And a tank top and a midriff, bare midriff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's one of the dirty hippies.
1: Definitely hippie. Yeah, mm-hmm. But
0: he's angry. He's got to get. <laughs> he doesn't want hippies he's visiting. Stay him. away from my daughter. <laughs> he's a <that> dirty hippie. <laughs> and look at her boyfriend just running away. I, I'm guessing yeah. that's her boyfriend back there. What a jerk he is. <laughs> kind of looks like uh, Rick Jones. Rick Jones. Probably. Seems like a Rick Jones <laughs> kind of thing to do. And in the bottom left, we get Simon Garth invades the Palace of black magic, and then yeah. in the bottom right, extra macabre monster-sized pinup of the zombie. So if you wanted a,
1: a nice pinup <laughs> of the zombie, you get that in here too. Yep, I always bought this magazine just for the centerfold of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <the laughs> <action. laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, quite the cover. It's a by- looking cover, it's it's not a cover that takes place in this issue, but no, no. no it looks good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Earl Norum is the fellow who did the cover. I don't know anything about Earl Norum. Did fine work here, fine work. Yeah, it's it's very classy looking. Looks like an, an old pulp novel. All right, so then when you open it up, I, I guess uh, we see that pinup of the zombie, right? This black and white thing. Is this the pinup? I guess so. You'd it's have to kind like, of take of the, the page... rest of the book out. You have to like take the staples out, and <laughs> pull the pages out, and then hang it up on your wall, I guess.
1: So it's like the inside yeah, well, of the they, cover. They got a sexy lady on there, so they're, yeah, they're yeah. trying. They're like, this, this is a pinup after all. We got to put a good looking lady. Yeah, uh, that's the lady in this issue who they're going to sacrifice, uh, right? Yeah, Lois, I think her name was. Lois. Well, I guess the, I, the other, they're not really sacrificing her. I wasn't sure what what they were doing there, but they're like, no, she's not going to die. She, like, She's the living altar. She's the living altar. Yeah, yeah. The sacrifice or the blood
0: ritual is going to be performed on her body. She's mm-hmm. the living altar. <laughs> Who was Lois again? I can't remember
1: uh, She is the mistress Of oh. the one guy Who's uh, working yes. for Papa Shorty <laughs> Yes, that's right, that's and right. Also, the, it turns out there's A secret connection to somebody else in this book As well, we'll find out later
0: on. Yeah, so alright Now we open it up some more and we get the, the big like uh, Contents page Stanley Presents Tells the Zombie Roy Thomas Editor Mar Wolfman Associate Editor and all the other involved parties. Mm-hmm. And we get like a, this is an interesting image because you get like a pencil drawing of the zombie's face real big. And then you get like photo ver a photo of a zombie guy from a movie, I guess.
1: A priest. <laughs> the priest. And then I guess that's a drawing of some woman in like a shroud. Yeah, I think so. Stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> but It's all black and white. Like a lot of backgrounds, black. Mm-hmm. And how many pages? is it? This goes a good 60 some pages, right? Yeah. All
1: total, yeah. Just doing that zombie story.
0: Yeah, just a zombie <laughs> story. And yeah, because they, they have like uh, males to the zombie, the white zombie, like uh, who walks with a zombie, with <laughs> the death comes dawn, <laughs> voodoo war, death's bleak birth. Some of these are like uh, prose pieces that are written about zombies. Like they look back at old movies with zombies
1: in them, I guess, and stuff. And then somewhere like, lag- about Rob Zombie, even though he's probably like, <laughs>
0: no, 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 there's not anything. <laughs> there's never Rob Zombie is. But then there's, uh, standalone little stories involving black magic and something. The brother voodoo thing is just like a, uh, I think a two or three page article about that brother voodoo will be coming back. And
1: yeah. stay tuned for that issue 10. <laughs> and then it'll be canceled. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually next
0: issue, he's in a backup story. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they put Brother Voodoo backup stories. And then in issue 10, he takes the main lead, though, like the main story. The next page, we get a a weird picture of a zombie, I guess, from a movie. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah, sure, it looks like it. Wearing a nice suit that's all decomposed. There's a little poem. Yeah, would you like to read the little poem? An eye for an eye, a life for a life. Vengeance or sacrifice? Destroy an eye for the one you have had destroyed. Or surrender one that another may see. The supreme sacrifice to return from death's clammy grasp, that you may sacrifice your life a second time, that another might live in your place. Oh, look at that! A zombie doing good things. <laughs> yeah. Simon Garth wouldn't do good things. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's a jerk. especially those dirty hippies.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: take them apart. All right, so now we
0: finally get to the book, and we see Simon Garth. It's a big splash page of him standing in front of like a grave that's been dug in the ground. And there's a fella mm-hmm. next to him who kind of looks like him. And I was confused when I was reading the, when I was just like flipping through the book, getting the pictures for the YouTube video and stuff. I thought, I thought this guy was the zombie. He looks very much like the zombie, <laughs> even though he's a human. <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah. He's just kind of <laughs> drunk, I, I think. And he's kind of gotten yeah. kind of gaunt. So he's very, uh, <laughs> and he's old looking. Yeah. 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 But he's got a
0: foxy wife though. That's, no, oh, that's yeah, his sure, wife, that's... right? Lois. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we find
1: out later on that's his wife that left him.
0: I had forgotten. To. This
1: guy's got a terrible life. I can see why he's letting himself go to shit. Like, his life is pretty awful.
0: His foxy wife is a voodoo priestess lady, and yeah, things are falling apart. Yep. Not going yeah, well for Phil Bliss here. Phil Bliss. Yeah, Philip Bliss is that guy's name. Palace yeah. of Black Magic, again, by Steve Gerber and Pablo Marcos. And what is uh, old Phil Bliss? He's trying to help out our buddy Simon Garth, right?
1: Yeah, he's like, well, the zombie did me a favor, I guess, last issue or whatever. So I'm going to do him a solid by giving him the only gift I can, the gift of a nice long rest. So I dug him this grave. You just I'm going to tell you, just go in the grave and, you know, have yourself asleep. You're done. Yeah, he buries them there and he uh, covers them
0: up in dirt and he pounds it down. And he's like, uh, this one panel will get a shot from the zombie's eyes. Look at that. Looking up at him. And there's, like, cobwebs and stuff behind his eyes, I guess. <laughs> Again, he was dead for hours. Yes. <laughs> but old Philip Bliss, he buries him. He pats down the the uh, ground there. And he's like, uh, a lot of people might envy you that, Mr. Zombie. No feelings. No pain. I could sing a few bars of that. I'll tell you that yeah. one, Philip Bliss. So <laughs> he gets in the car, and he's driving back to the city, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna to go to my favorite coffee shop, savor it.
1: The sandwich <laughs> shop. And he's gonna. Well, uh, if he really, I guess, wanted to do Simon Garth a favor here, he would have buried the amulet with him, so that nobody else could use it. Yeah, uh, and that he is did true. Not
0: that. I guess he, uh, he, he wanted, well, he wanted to keep it in his pocket, you know, just in case he needed the zombie again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you never know when a zombie might come yeah. in handy. <laughs> it's gonna take the zombie a while to walk from his gravesite to wherever you are, though. That's gonna be a, <laughs> yeah no problem. He goes to the coffee shop and he gives the the car keys back to a guy he his, Man, I don't know if I'd trust this guy with my car. You know, if I'd loaned <laughs> old uh, Philip Bliss
1: my car. No. <laughs>
0: He's <laughs> probably three sheets to the wind at any moment of the day. So, yeah. But these are college fellas, I guess, right? Uh, college fellas. Yeah. And, uh,
1: and they're way into this Philip Bliss guy. Yeah. And want to know everything about his life. <laughs> they're fascinated by this old drunk but, but he's like, you know what? I got no thanks,
0: fellas. I got to go. I got to go. I got a lot of thinking to do. You know, I'm going to restart my life today or whatever. And, and he's like, hey, uh, hey, Jimmy or whatever. Uh, or Gene. His name's Gene. Hey, Gene. Gene. Oh, <laughs> Gene, if you can tear yourself away from the <laughs> pinball machine, I think we should follow Phil. We'll finally be able to find out where he lives. <laughs> we wanna, yeah. Again, why do you why do you care so much? <laughs> it's probably under a bridge. Why are you so worried? <laughs> but uh, they follow Philip, and he lives at a boarding house. He's going up to the steps of the front door of the boarding house, and he gets jumped by three dudes with pantyhose over their head. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. alarming.
1: The old pantyhose gang.
0: <laughs> and uh, they're beating him up there on the ground. They're like, hey, we're not going to kill you there, old man, or whatever. Just stay there. We're looking for something. And he's like, I don't have any money. They're rummaging through his pockets. But his college buddies come up uh, to try and save the day. There's kids that were following him, you know? And they Mm -hmm. just get dominated
1: by these pantyhose gang guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they know kung fu, and then they correct them. (laughs) Oh, no, it's not kung fu. It's karate. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Don't give us too much credit. (laughs) Steve, look out. They know kung fu.
0: Karate chum. Just karate. (laughs) And they they take them out. Just plain old karate. (laughs) And then they take the amulet. From uh, old Phil Blister. But while the amulet is still on Phil's chest, he says, Come to me, come to me. <laughs> that's all it takes. The zombie starts waking up and he rises out of the ground. And this zombie's got to be pissed. He's like, I just lied, down. You know, it's been, <laughs> it's been half an hour. <laughs> so the zombie starts to slow walk back towards civilization. And uh, we see the pantyhouse Gang. They they go to this uh, this club down in the uh, what, is, what is they're in New Orleans? What do they call that down there? Are they uh, drink? Bourbon Street. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 and uh, they got to go see Mister Six.
1: He's the guy mm-hmm. that owns his club. And, uh, and they just do, go just like to go through the front door. That seems like a good idea when you're here for criminal reasons. Yeah, they're all dressed <laughs> in black. They're just trying to be like, hey, hey, whoa, you're not dressed for this. They're like, uh, we're, you know, an evil gang that's working for your boss, so you should let us in. <laughs> and, he's and he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. He mentioned them. He mentioned you guys would be coming.
0: <laughs> I didn't recognize you without your pantyhose on your head.
1: <laughs> go right
0: in. Yeah, so they go through the club, and you see some ladies dancing and everything. And, mm-hmm. and they go back to see Mr. Six. And uh how do you feel about this Mr. Six guy? Because, I don't know, he's got a mustache. He's got some crazy <laughs> hair and eyebrows. And he wears a a polka dot bow tie.
1: Yeah. He yeah it's almost pipe. like Count Nefaria, but like the the Kmart version, I guess. <laughs> Much less intimidating.
0: Uh, but these guys, he's like, all right, give me that amulet there and I'll uh, give you your money, you know. And uh they say, that's one hundred and fifty grand, Mr. Six. And we ain't giving you nothing. Do we get it in cash? And he says, oh, I see you very well, then, because he's going to write him a check
1: i'll mail I'll mail you a check <laughs> like whoa 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 for
0: 150 grand in
1: 1974
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like oh okay well you know what so uh yeah we'll make payment and he and he pushes a button and this uh the fireplace like lifts up and we mm-hmm. get three dudes standing back there and uh these guys have unique uh wardrobe choices like, uh, uh, how would you describe the little outfits they're wearing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, between the bald heads and the outfits, they look like moon dragon. <laughs> they're dudes.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a foxy bald headed lady. Uh, three <laughs> dudes dressed like moon dragon, kind of. Yeah. And they got guns. And they say, Hey, this is your payment. And they just murder those
1: dudes. I yeah. I thought so this was like, they made sure that these three hoodlums with the pantyhose mask would not kill Phil Bliss. They're like, don't kill him. Whatever you do, mm. you leave him alive, but then he just murders these three. So it's not like he has a problem with killing. Yeah. Them. Well, I so, think maybe uh, the
0: problem was they didn't want to bring any undue attention to themselves by killing him, because then there'd be a police investigation, you know. Uh But if they just like rough him up, take the amulet, I doubt Phil Bliss is gonna press charges, you know. But like he's gonna. <laughs> go. But if there is a dead body, that could you know complicate things. Mm-hmm. But no one's gonna be investigating these punks getting murdered. <laughs> cause they're going to destroy the bodies. Uh, they're going to do something that maybe, because they're like, hey, maybe Papa will want the bodies. And they're like, nah, this one's got a hole in its face. He's not going to want the bodies. And they're like, all right, mm-hmm. just put them in the furnace. Oh, just burn them up. Ain't no problem.
1: I don't know. It seems like if he's if Papa's just making zombies, like, what does he care if it's got a hole in the face? <laughs> <laughs> they need to be attractive zombies. <laughs> they can't be. <laughs> he just yeah. can make them fight each other for his own amusement. So who cares? Yeah,
0: yeah Papa Shorty runs an underground zombie fighting club. <laughs> So Mr. Six, he's looking at the little amulet there, and he's like, I got my amulet, so that means I can control that zombie. And now we come back to Philip Bliss and his two college buddies, and Philip Bliss is trying to tell him, hey, you know, I got this zombie friend, and I control him with that amulet, and they stole the amulet. And the college kid's, all right, Phil, I think you've been drinking a wee bit too much, talking about zombies and everything. Why don't we just go back to the old uh, coffee shop and uh, talk it over? He's like, all right. So they walk back to the car. They have field. liquor, then I'm there. <laughs> and now, Jank, we cut over and we see the zombie just <laughs> calmly walking through traffic. <laughs> it's all driving by. No one seems to notice that there's a
1: zombie walking down the street. I like that they make so the zombie apparently has a lot of inner commentary about the world. Then they move more slowly because he calls the cars mobility machines. Yeah. comes from the massive <laughs> mobility machines that race endlessly past you. <laughs> yeah like steve gerber he's he's narrating all
0: this you know the narrator and like the zombie has no mind basically he's just a clean slate really he's just empty space up there you know all oatmeal north of the eyebrows so he's just walking through uh the world doing the bidding of whoever has the amulet so yeah um like he's like a caveman almost mobility machines and all that like i have no idea your modern inventions frighten me yeah unfrozen caveman lawyer that's a throwback Exactly. Yep, exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. But as he's walking, Jank, he uh, notices Garwood Industries, maker of Garth Manor Coffee. Oh, yeah, sure That's does.
1: Yeah, catches his attention. It's his old business. Yeah. So what does he do? I wonder if that foxy secretary is still there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go check it out. So he jumps over the fence, which apparently is electrified. Yeah. Very secure coffee place. <laughs> So that shocks the crap out of him, and he falls down. Uh But I guess he makes it all the way over and falls down on the other side, so that's yeah. good for him. <laughs> and uh he just breaks in through a window, and the alarms start going off, and he's like, he just keeps on walking right up to his old mm-hmm. office and uh has himself a nice sit in his old chair. He's, <laughs> yeah. I guess, working off muscle memory at this point. <laughs> sitting behind the desk. Remember in the old days when he used to
0: run Manor and he sees a picture of his wife and daughter there? Uh, again, yep. through the zombie eye perspective shot. And then he gets mad. Your business, your family, or your soul and more, you are not certain any of it matters. And he knocks things off his desk. But then the security comes up. And they're like, hey, freeze there, buddy. What do you think you're mm-hmm. doing? And they get a good look at his face like, holy hell, it's a zombie. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and he tries to take it easy on them. And again, the narrator says, you know, they're just doing their job, so you don't want to kill them. Yeah. Or anything. But, um, it's, it's like stuff. I hired
1: them to do these jobs. I can't really be mad at them. So he must have some, I guess. In, yeah, in,
0: he must have some thought.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he flips him over and, uh, like, Judo throws
0: him over his shoulder. And then he just walks right out the window. Even though <laughs> yeah. they're, like, you know, six stories high or whatever. He just goes right through the window and crashes down to the ground. And they're all like, holy hell, that guy just walked out the window. Yeah, but he <laughs> just stands up because he's a zombie.
1: He just stands place. right back up. Now, an interesting thing. shoot Shoot him, and like the bullets keep going through him, and none of that's hurting him either. He's just walking on. Yeah, an interesting thing here, though, is
0: he says, uh, and shoot they do, and their bullets rip through your yellowed flesh, tearing wide massive gashes in your once vital organs. So what? It is part of your curse that these wounds, which do not pain you anyway, will heal, along with whatever bones were splintered or crushed in your fall. For now that you are dead, you cannot be killed again. Yet his body can still regenerate and heal. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Odd. That is kind of weird. Why?
1: Why would that be part of it? I guess that's probably part of the magic that's keeping him alive. I would think, but yeah, oh, they act like, oh, that's a normal thing. Like, of course, if you're dead, you can't be killed again. But well, uh, why doesn't he, uh, you know,
0: heal some of that yellowing skin and uh, <laughs> decaying flesh? Heal some of that? Yeah, but apparently not. Can't do that. <laughs> So now we see Mr. Six, and he has a chauffeur with him, uh, his buddy Robert. He takes uh, Robert with him to the Black Magic Club, and it seems like it's a condemned warehouse or something. No, 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 it's a secret club. And they open it up, and and he says, and now, Robert, behold. And what does Robert (laughs) say? Holy crud, an orgy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Holy crud. An orgy. But Mr. We have a plea like, award for uh, best line. That might be yeah. the front runner right now. <laughs> Holy crud, an orgy. But then Mr. Six says, <laughs> not an orgy,
0: Robert, but a gathering place for the men and women who will soon control New Orleans. And meanwhile, we get this big full page uh, shot. It's an orgy. There are, yeah. <laughs> there are <laughs> dudes and lot the ladies. There are like <laughs> uh, scantily clad ladies dancing and everything. And yeah, this is – I've been to a few orgies in my time. This is an orgy. Let me tell you. This yeah. is what it looks like. This isn't
1: like. an orgy. I don't know what an orgy is. <laughs> there's there's like a
0: giant <laughs> snake statue in the middle of the room. There's open fire pits burning everywhere. Oh, look, I think the snake is actually a water fountain,
1: too. Look at that. He's, like, spitting yeah. in a <laughs> <that's laughs> little pond. This almost like a He-Man playset, but uh <laughs> there's an orgy going. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, so then we meet Papa Shorty. He's the main guy here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, old Mister Six says this is the voodoo elite of the city. It's avant garde. This is Papa Shorty's palace of black magic,
1: and I am Papa. Pleased to meet you, Robert. Now weird picture of Sh- of Papa here. He kind of looks like Robot Man from uh, <laughs> Doom Patrol <laughs> in that first shot. Uh- Papa Shorty, he's, uh, how would you describe Papa Shorty? Maybe
0: like, a little like George Jefferson in a robe? Kinda? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can kinda similar, see that. Some of their haircut. Yeah, he's bald on top, just hair on the sides. And, uh, he seems real happy there. And, and Mr. Six gives him the amulet. And he's like, sweet. Oh, uh, Loa be praised. Yeah, Loa is some sort of, uh, voodoo, uh, god or whatever. But I think that was what they used yeah. to call zombies. Like Lowen's or something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Something along those lines when they couldn't say zombie. Anyway, so uh, he's all happy he's got this amulet and uh, the fire start burning and everything. And uh, Robert, the chauffeur, he's like, uh, boss, I don't like it. He's really serious about this voodoo stuff. And he thinks you are, too. Papa Shorty says, and he is, Robert. Voodoo is his life, isn't it, Six? Eh, hey, yes. He says, of course, Papa Shorty. <laughs> And now Jank Papa Shorty wants to show this chauffeur
1: that Voodoo's the real deal, you know? So what does he do? Yeah. The only way to do that is to take your clothes off and show him your package.
0: Your little <laughs> underpants you're <laughs> wearing. There's something more significant than just his little underpants. What's the more
1: significant <laughs> thing? Uh he is also missing his legs. He just kind of has little nubs uh that stop way below the or before the knee. Um, just mm-hmm. little kind of nub legs. But he's been standing this entire time, yeah. so he's got, like, invisible, you know, like, Lieutenant Dan legs, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly
0: right. <laughs> but yeah, John he's just, hover- the- just <laughs> hovering around everywhere he goes. And uh Robert, the chauffeur, is like, what the what? How <laughs> this guy, he doesn't have legs. He's yeah. Just floating in the air.
1: It's, it's not, like, hovering, though, because I think he would move faster. Like, wouldn't he be able to fly after that? Butler faster if he was actually just like hovering. I think he does have just magic, like invisible legs or something. I no, I think he can only run at normal speed. Well, you know, hovering's hard work. You know, it's, not, it's, not, it's
0: <laughs> easy to hover. That takes a lot of work,
1: a lot of concentration.
0: <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, a little uh, Papa Shorty there. That's why they call him Papa Shorty because he has no legs. <laughs> and he's like, uh, uh, s- suppose we demonstrate one of our little rituals for you, A? Eh? Then you may decide if you wish to join us, gentlemen. The sacrifice A. Eh? Well, i was well, Canadian too. I guess. He yeah. Always has A. <laughs> he <laughs> really does. <laughs> so now they bring out Lois, who we we learned is Philip Bliss's wife, who left him or whatever, and she's the mistress of Mister Six, this uh, corrupt gambling guy or whatever. So, uh, but she is super foxy, and she is in this outfit that is, uh, how would you do? It's kind of almost like the like Vampirella. Queen. Oh, yeah. Vampirella. Yeah, Vampirella would probably be a better one. Yeah. It basically is Vampirella's outfit, right? Yeah. When you think about it. Very, very yeah. close. Yeah. <laughs> and she's got some beads on her and stuff, too. And so uh, they're like, oh, you're good. boss It's Lois, your mistress. You got to stop him. Yeah. I mean, you got to save her. They caught her a <laughs> he's like, ah, whatever. He's going to kill her. And he's like, nah, nah, don't work. She's too hot to murder. She's just going to be the living altar. The blood ritual be performed on her body. So she gets back to the altar and she like bends backwards and so her back's on the altar and mm-hmm. her bosom is up in the air, but her feet are still on the ground, you know? So she's very flexible this, Lois. Yeah. And uh what what does Papa Shorty do though? How does he perform
1: the ritual, Jack? Uh he takes a chicken and uh holds it up by the neck and just kinda like snaps the neck and like wrings the blood out of it like a sponge. Like a yeah, dirty he the head right it. off. Yeah. ripped it right off. Pop
0: sure, and he just pours the blood all over uh, Lois. Yeah, and, and that's enough for Robert the chauffeur. He's like, "All right, am yeah. I? <laughs> this is too much. This <laughs> is weird. This guy's a lunatic." Yeah, Mister Six for a crook, but not a lunatic. Mister Six brought him to the club because he wanted Robert to join. Yeah, <laughs> and Robert's like, "No, thank you. <laughs> I am out of here." <laughs> but he goes, and he's chasing him. Yeah, look at, the, uh, old Papa Shorty hovering around the corner there without his legs. And, uh, Mr. Six is chasing him. But they're like, we gotta get, we can't let him escape here, you know? If he's not gonna be one of us, he can't, we can't let him telling other people about our club. So
1: he's either to join us or he dies, alright? <laughs> so Mr. Six so, like, oh, we can just give him time. He'll get used to it. <laughs> he really wants Robert in this thing. <laughs> so
0: Robert's almost getting away, you know? He's like, uh, And that old weirdo can't float as fast as I can run. So if I can get around this corner. (laughs) But when he turns the corner, Jack, he runs right into our buddy Simon Garth. He finally showed up to the party. Yep. And he's like, oh, man, there's a old uh, zombie here. And Robert's scared of the zombie. And uh, Papa Shorty says, hey, hey, I'm in business now. (laughs) There's the zombie. I got the amulet. Hey, zombie, kill that guy. (laughs) And, and what does old Simon Garth do? He probably shakes his hand, tells him to go uh, how to get out of the place, you know, run to freedom oh, yeah. while well, I take care of it's these like... bad guys. That's probably what he
1: does, right? Yeah, I mean, he does something similar. He shakes him by the foot uh, and shakes him right into a wall at first, <laughs> it shatters his head.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, the zombie, our hero of the story, shows up and murders this guy. That's
1: <laughs> just. <laughs> Oh. yeah again he's got no will of his own, so whatever the amulet owner tells him he's gotta do, so yeah,
0: but a uh, character
1: <laughs> so now we cut back to the coffee shop, and uh Philip Bliss is telling
0: all the college kids and the uh the waitress there, the owner of the place all about the uh zombies and his history and how Lois became a zombie priestess, man, this Lois she is something, and uh then he's like, Oh, my life, my marriage uh everything fell apart. Was he a lawyer or is he just in court there at the divorce? Yeah, I think that was think to
1: get a did. divorce because like, uh, Mr. Six got a fancy lawyer for his wife so, mm. so he got wrecked in the divorce I guess and that's I think why he got the zombie and sent it to the courthouse was because of that. Oh that's right there was a big thing with the zombie showing up at courthouse
0: they yeah. reference it it wasn't in this issue but they yeah, referenced it
1: because really yeah. yeah. when
0: he's trying to convince the college kids about the zombies like you heard about that zombie that showed up at the courthouse right that's my guy <laughs>
1: that's what my guy like, you said last week that that wasn't you like, yeah well now now it is
0: so they they're going to go down to the because i guess does he know that lois is at this club i guess so yeah he's going to take the college kids down there and they're going to try and uh well they don't know the zombies they're, they're just gonna, trying like the am- i'm going to prove it to you like that there's creepy shit going on down there so yeah and he, <laughs> he probably figures they're the ones that stole the amulet so Maybe let's try and go mm-hmm. back and get that amulet back. And Lois is probably there. We can see her in that little outfit. Let's go. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> now now, if you think I'm making it up? Then come with me. Help me save that dead guy. You'll see honest. Cut back to the black magic club and there's more rituals
0: going on and everything. And Lois is dancing around the zombie and Papa Shorty is uh, causing the flames to rise up and everything. And he's uh, yelling and screaming. And he's like, all right, now it's time for a uh, zombie fight club. And the chauffeur, Robert the Chauffeur,
1: is now a zombie. Who has more than a hole in his head and he was Papa Shorty was just fine with it, so <laughs> I feel like he could have taken those uh those guys earlier. So Papa Shorty's like, All
0: right, uh Simon Garth zombie, you fight Robert Chauffeur zombie, make it good.
1: And uh so they start duking it out. It's not really much of a fight, though. No, it's it's the quickest fight I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It's even quicker than that fight where Shane McMahon like blew out his uh ankle whatever that
0: was. <laughs> is, yeah, was it his quad like that? I don't know, I can't remember. But anyway, uh Simon Garth just grabs Robert by the shoulder, shakes him, picks him up above his head, and throws him into a pit of fire. Like this <laughs> this chalice full of fire and uh or a cauldron probably would be a better word. So Robert just bursts into flames. All the voodoo people are dancing, like, All right, Simon Garth, you did it And uh look at that Lois dancing. And, uh, yeah. now, Sweet. uh, the college kids show up and they bust their way in. And they're like, holy hell, it's an orgy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Philip sees his, uh, Lois there. And he's like, hey, that's the, uh, is she have the amulet or whatever. And, uh, he's going after Lois, trying to get her back and he grabs her by the mm-hmm. wrist. And, no, Papa Shorty still has the amulet. And he's like, zombie, kill that man. <laughs> and now, now, okay. Now, zombie is going to recognize his buddy, Philip Bliss. The guy who he'd been working with earlier at the courthouse, you know, yep. and then the, the guy who buried him put him down, gave him a nice yeah. sleep. Yep. Dug a yeah. nice grave. So surely, Jank, he's going to recognize him and they're going to team up and they're going to bring down
1: this voodoo cult, right? That's what happens, right? Yep. That's, that's exactly what happens. Except no, he does like a hammer uh, punch down on top of his head and just smashes his head, killing him in one blow. Bill <laughs> dies at your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just kills his buddy Philip Bliss. Yeah, he drives him like <laughs> a railroad stake right into the ground. Bang. Shatters his skull. Like, man Yep. This guy came not- all this way just to save him and nope. Done. <laughs> this is our this is our hero. This zombie guy. <laughs> They made such a point of not killing him earlier when those hose, pantyhose guys were after him. Like, we got to keep this guy alive, but only for, like, another couple more pages. And he's going to die at the hands of his
0: buddy. And I, like I said, I was flipping through other issues. There's one issue where he murders a dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, zombies yeah. to feel zombies like. only as good as his master. <laughs> so Papa Shorty's like, hey, zombie, I got you now, buddy. You know, I got you mm-hmm. under my control. But then uh, he drops the amulet, Butterfinger. This is where, like, I was like,
1: oh, this must be a multi-part story because there's only one page left. Yeah, well, it's clearly they, left. they can't resolve all this in one issue. So in <laughs> the
0: first panel, we see Papa Shorty with the amulet, you know, being all excited. He thought uh, a zombie capable of loyalty, of emotion, and he, he's laughing at him, you know. But then he drops the, the amulet. Since he's no longer in possession of it, Simon Garth is free.
1: Mm-hmm. So what does Simon Garth do, Jack? Well, he's not happy that this guy made him kill, uh, you know, his buddy Phil Bliss. So he just kind of picks him up by his leg nubs and, uh, throws <laughs> him into that snake statue, uh, head first, just kind of decapitating him, it looks like. Yeah. Looks like his head explodes. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, then he takes the big thing of like burning coals and fire and, uh, just tosses it, <laughs> starting the whole place on fire and everybody, I guess, runs. Yeah, and, and so he just he walks kind out. Of walks late. Yeah. He's, He's like, alright,
0: done. <laughs> this out. is all in one all in one page. This all happens on <laughs> the final page. And, Very uh, quick resolution there. And the final narration thing is uh, soon no living being remains on the scene, only the flaming corpses of Phil and Papa. And you, the corpse that walks away,
1: the zombie. <laughs> there it is. The corpse that walks away. How about is- that? So there you
0: go uh, that's pretty good there zombie yeah <laughs> I, I was entertained <laughs> i like I love um, yeah
1: yeah i got no beefs it was uh it was full of just merciless killing by our heroes so, uh, i mean what more can you ask for <laughs> yeah just to recap because you know earlier on i,
0: I gave a lot of backstory so just this issue was just him waking up with his buddy phil bliss or, or, or phil bliss putting him in the ground that's mm-hmm. how this issue begins. Then we get the the orgy. <laughs> then we get <laughs> Simon Garth killing that chauffeur guy, slamming him into the wall. Then we get a zombie fight. Oh, we also get a blood ritual performed on Lois's body. We get a chicken's head ripped off in that blood ritual.
1: <laughs> then we get the zombie Papa fight. He basically gets the same treatment later on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we get Papa Shorty. Hey, I'm just going to put it out there, like uh, Golden K or the uh, Flea Award. <laughs> Best villain, Papa Shorty. <laughs> He's going to be in there. This guy's great. It's a pretty good name, yeah. Uh, man. So uh, then uh, we get uh, Papa Shorty gets his head exploded. We get Philip, the guy who we meet at the beginning, who we kind of like, we kind of feel for, you know, this poor guy's yeah. life's falling apart, you know, and Zombie, zombie just murders him.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> this guy was like, I've got to go home and figure out how I'm going to restart my life from scratch. This is going to be great. This is the day it all changed. And then yeah. dad <laughs>
0: the zombie killed him. And then zombie sets the place on fire and then zombie walks away. That's pretty good. I <laughs> I was very entertained by this. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't <laughs> really say anything against that. No, that's a pretty good logic. And again, we get narration, you know, the whole time with Steve Gerber and everything. So, I don't know, man. What's not to like? <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The art I thought was pretty solid too for the most part. Yeah, well, you mentioned uh, you didn't know much about Pablo Marcos, so let's learn about Pablo Marcos, the artist here. He was uh, born in Peru in 1937. He's still alive. He's 86. Still kicking. And uh, he was a comic book artist and commercial illustrator known as Peru's most famous cartoonist. He did a James Bond 007 comic strip for a Peruvian newspaper that was very popular. And then he moved to New Jersey in the 1970s and started doing black and white horror stories and the Warren Publishing anthologies, Creepy and Eerie. Then he moved over to Marvel and started doing covers for Marvel UK titles like Captain Burton and Planet of the Apes. And he became a cornerstone for the Marvel black and white horror magazines that we talked about earlier. Yeah, Dra- or Vampire Tales, Monsters Unleashed, Dracula Lives. like He did all of them. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, his style seems very suited for that. His first U.S. color comics work was the cover of Giant Size Dracula 2 in 1974. And his first color interior art was for Iron Jaw 3, 1975, published by Atlas Seaboard Comics. I've never heard of Atlas Seaboard Comics. No. We might have to dig those oh,
1: that up. title? Yeah. yeah Iron sure. Jaw. Iron Jaw. That was like Trap Jaw from Masters of the Universe. <laughs> yeah. It's like Iron Fist, but he just does it in his jaw. <laughs> his
0: jaw focuses his chi into his jaw. He started freelancing for DC and did some Man Bat stories for Detective Comics. Hey, all right. (laughs) Our buddy Man Bat. (laughs) He also worked on such stories as Freedom Fighters, Commandy. Wasn't Commandy that Jack Kirby thing that he started? Wasn't that him? Yeah. Yeah, you and Miguel did that, right? No, we didn't do it, but uh, we've talked about it, I think, before. Uh, The Secret Society of Supervillains and Teen Titans. Uh, Spoiler alert, I think we're going to be picking a Secret Society of Supervillains book soon. Oh, that sounds pretty awesome. I didn't even know that series existed. And then when I found it, it's there. basically just like the Legion of Doom, all those villains. They, they get together and do things.
1: Like Uh parties.
0: Yeah. Then he returned to Marvel and drew nine issues of Savage Sword of Conan. And then he inked John V. work on Conan the Barbarian, Savage Sword of Conan, and uh, the Conan comic strip. He also had a lengthy run on DC's Star Trek The Next Generation series. In the late 80s, early 90s, he did about 25 issues of that. All told, at Marvel, he had 31 penciling credits, 158 inking credits, and 36 cover credits. At DC, he had 61 penciling credits, 298 inking credits, and 25 cover credits. So oh. more inking than drawing at the big companies. Yeah, he did a lot of horror stuff, and he's, he's Peru's most famous cartoonist. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's pretty good. But his style is like uh, similar to John Seema, I would say. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. But it's classic comic book art, you know. It's like
1: old Yeah, very
0: seventies. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: Them dirty hippies.
1: You can draw those. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. uh, so, yeah, I liked his art here, and uh, everyone knows Steve Gerber. We've talked about him many times here on the show. Go back. He won a uh, Flea Award for best writer for uh, Howard the Duck in year Heck, one yeah. right? oh, art of Market Fantasy. Maybe doing some more Howard the Duck soon. Ooh! Oh, I know why. Because the uh, Doctor <laughs> yep. Bong or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Bong. <laughs> That'll be good. So uh, there you go. What do you think, Jank? Uh,
1: I mean, there's nothing really to complain about here, right? I mean, no. I mean, it had Lois, so uh yeah, that's going to give it a pretty high score right there. So uh, <laughs> I think I might give it an eight. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's a floor is an eight here. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, wasted space or anything like that. For the most part, it told the story well. Uh, it was a weird story, but it worked. It was entertaining. I just really like the idea that this zombie just murders people and he doesn't care.
0: <laughs> Bang.
1: <laughs> Bang. Yeah. Smash <laughs> on the head and he moves on. Kind of yeah. like Jason Voorhees, but people can control him and make him do their business. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's crazy. I'm tempted to go nine. Tell you what I, oh uh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna like call the police on you for that like yeah because it's just like the there's nothing the- wrong with it it's
0: it's really good <laughs> and i i like the uh, i liked experiencing this zombie fella because like i said i wanted to pick him a couple years back and we uh i forgot and then last year i meant to do it and we ran out of weeks since october and so we finally get to read it and i was impressed i i like i like the whole amulet angle of the thing like whoever has the amulet controls
1: them. but yeah. I, see problem, that old. I don't know how you go for that you, for a whole series, but definitely for, you know, nine issues, I could see that last thing pretty well. And later
0: installments of this, he he kind of teams up
1: with that Layla, the priestess
0: uh, again, oh. and they have an adventure here together in issue six, because I always picked issue six. But I picked this issue because of the cover. I like the cover better. So uh, you could do a thing where, you know, his, his Rick Jones sidekick, whoever that is, Layla, whoever, they have the amulet and then they just have adventures, you know. And then at oh, some sure. point, yeah, it becomes very at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes, <laughs> at some point, they, maybe he loses the amulet, you know, they got to get back or whatever. But, um, yeah, you can just run it like that. But, uh, so there you go. The zombie, uh, so nine for me, eight from Jank. What a, what a shocktober week this was. <laughs> yeah. Your
1: flea market fantasy. All right, Jank, uh, next week, it's your choice. What do you got? Ooh, yeah, this is where it gets tough because, like, there's so many things I want to pick and only so much time in October. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with, uh we're going to go to DC, and we're going to do a four-issue limited series from, what year was this? 1986. We're going to be doing number two of this four-issue limited series, Demon. We're going to talk about Etrigan the Demon, finally. I, I don't know who this he, is. Oh really? You're not familiar with this character? It's uh this guy Jason Blood. He turns into this big yellow demon, uh who talks in rhymes. <laughs> he's kind of like uh what's his name? That uh Dolomite.
0: <laughs> Dolomite <laughs> well, <is a> demon. <laughs> if he's anything <laughs> like Dolomite, I love him already. But I, yeah. I have my doubts.
1: Probably not as good.
0: But uh is this his first appearance, or is like he an earlier character who they I think own this series? is his
1: first time getting his own series, like his own limited series. But I think he was around before then. Never heard of him. You anyway, know, he pops up in Batman from time to time. And, 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 like, I hate, like- I hate him already. <laughs>
0: so all right, Demon issue two from 1986, right? 86. Yep. So uh all right. So until next week, we will continue Shocktober. Again, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, please like and subscribe, and thanks to Jank, and until next week, don't get any jank on you.